Hello and welcome to the Moving Curve. I'm Rukmini, a data journalist based in Chennai. Two nights a week on this mini cast, I consider one question around the novel coronavirus epidemic in India. Tonight I'm considering this one. What do we know about variants? It's the 1 year and 108th day of the novel coronavirus epidemic in India and we are reporting 25,703,821 confirmed cases with 286,063 deaths. Ever since India's health ministry announced on March 24th this year that it had discovered a quote unquote double mutant, I've been acutely aware that I need to pay greater attention to variants. but i always found it too intimidating and never really got around to it that is until today because i had to write a piece for the guardian on the b1617 variant and i finally had to buckle down and do it so this episode is a synthesis of what i understood while researching the piece first let's rewind a little bit in december 2019 an outbreak of apparently viral pneumonia of unknown origin emerged in the city of wuhan in the chinese province of hubei on january 9 2020 the chinese health authorities and the world health organization announced the discovery of a novel coronavirus known as 2019 ncov which was confirmed as the agent responsible for the pneumonia cases Over the weekend of January 11, 12, the Chinese authorities shared the full sequence of the coronavirus genome as detected in samples taken from the first patients. Viruses constantly change through mutation and new variants of a virus are expected to occur over time. Sometimes new variants emerge and disappear. Other times new variants emerge and persist. The SARS-CoV-2 genome encodes instructions organized into sections called genes to build the virus. Scientists use a process called genomic sequencing to decode the genes and learn more about the virus. Genomic sequencing allows scientists to identify SARS-CoV-2 and monitor how it changes over time into new variants, understand how these changes affect the characteristics of the virus and use this information to better understand how it might impact health. The WHO has so far classified four variants as variants of concern because they are either more transmissible or can cause more severe outcomes or are more likely to cause reinfections or render vaccines less effective. On May 10th this year, the WHO classified the variant B1617 first identified in India as the fourth known variant of concern. But there's good reason to worry that this is all happening much later than it should have. India has been extremely slow on genomic sequencing. When the B117 variant first observed in Kent in the UK was observed in India and India then instituted a travel ban against the UK back in the innocent days of December 2020, I remember speaking to Dr. Gagandeep Kang, one of India's leading virologists. There's huge sequencing capacity in India and BBT and CSIR and ICMR have all sequenced strains. out of the approximately 300000 strains that are globally available 150000 of them are from the uk okay so the uk is punching way above its weight when it comes to tracking strains that's why you are able to pick up strains like this even though you don't in other places other places that are doing really good sequencing south africa oh really okay? right and 
to a certain extent Brazil. So we are seeing variants in Brazil and South Africa that we have not seen uh, because other places are not sequencing at the same level. Maybe China is, but China has fewer cases. So if the UK strain, did we see the UK strain because the UK is sequencing? Right. Likely. Is right. the strain not in India already? We don't, don't know. know. Right. So it turns out that we actually have no strain sequenced after July. After so July? Initially, uh, initially, there was this huge pitch from BBT, CSIR. Each of them wanted to do a thousand genomes. They each did a thousand genomes, published it in papers, and stopped sequencing. Oh, so now, apparently, they're going to start sequencing again. And once they do that, then we will have an answer to, is this strain already in the country? Right. And hopefully, after we have that information, we will, in parallel, be setting up systems to make sure that we continue to sequence at a reasonable rate okay. across the country for the future. Prophetic words indeed, because here's what we know now. On October 5th, 2020, a sample from Maharashtra containing what would later come to be identified as B16173 was sequenced and uploaded to GSAID, a global database of genome sequencing of COVID-19 samples from across the world. The variant showed the presence of multiple mutations located on the virus's spike protein that binds it to receptor cells in the human body. Some of these mutations were present in other variants of interest or concern already or had been shown to demonstrate some element of immune evasion. All of this should have set off alarm bells in the country and increased surveillance globally as a result. Instead, India's late started genome sequencing project continued to flounder for the rest of 2020 due to lack of funds, absence of clear directives and possibly also disinterest as the Indian Express put it. Through 2020, India submitted a few hundred sequences to databases like GSAID for scientists across the world to study, while countries like the UK had submitted several thousand. At the end of 2020, the Indian government announced that it was setting up the Indian SARS-CoV-2 Genomics Consortium in SACOG to increase genomic sequencing from India through a network of 10 laboratories. The stated aim was to sequence 5% of all new detected cases. But by May 18, 2021, India had submitted a little under 13,000 sequences, which is just 0.05% of its total reported cases. The UK, in comparison, had submitted over 407,000 sequence samples. For a variant that was first noted in India in October 2020, just 2,200 sequences of B1617 submitted to GSA thus far are from India, while more than that have been submitted by the UK, which detected B1617 only in February 2021. Since India's second wave began in March 2021, epidemiologists across the country have been suggesting that variants must at least in part explain the steepness of the curve. Such a steep curve has not been seen anywhere else in the world. 
GSA data too suggests that the B1617 lineage variants have become dominant among sequence samples over the last 60 days, and the variants now dominate in badly hit states including Delhi, Maharashtra, Karnataka, Tamil Nadu. This apparent greater transmissibility was confirmed by the WHO. On May 10th, when the WHO classified it as a variant of concern, it said that the observed mutations had properties that could result in better transmissibility. Studies suggested that India's case numbers increased much more rapidly during the most recent surge when variants B117 and B1617 were circulated compared to the first surge last year. The question of whether the variant is linked to greater severity of disease is a bit more complicated. The WHO says that experiments on hamsters suggested that infection with B16171 resulted in greater loss of body weight, higher viral load in lungs, and pronounced lung lesions. But the real-world evidence from India is a bit harder to pass, partly because the sheer numbers in the second wave overwhelmed India's health systems, leading to countless deaths from lack of access to simple life-saving measures like oxygen supply. Vinita Bal, a leading immunologist, put it this way to me. What we do know from Pune is that during the early part of the second wave, when beds and oxygen was not the issue, there was no apparent increase in the rate of morbidity or mortality. So what she meant was that if you remove beds and oxygen from the equation, then there isn't really evidence that the new variants cause more severe disease. The question of severity of disease is also closely tied in with vaccines. Over the last few weeks, at least three Indian states and two cities, including Pune, have shown signs of a vaccine effect, a decline in the share of the elderly in new infections and new deaths. Although the WHO and others have flagged the possibility that antibodies produced either from past infections or from vaccines might be a little less effective in neutralizing the new variant than they were the original strain. The current consensus continues to be that the two vaccines currently being administered in India, Covishield and Covaxin, are largely effective against the new variant as well. So B1617 did have a significant role to play in just how overwhelming India's second wave was. But here's the part that worries me the most. There are already signs that this current wave could be peaking in India, although states like Tamil Nadu have not peaked yet. But to be better prepared for the inevitable next wave will take some commitment to learning lessons from the second wave. For this, India cannot take its foot off the genomic sequencing pedal when cases begin to decline, especially because we now know that that's exactly what happened last year. The B1617 variant was seen in genome sequences in December 2020. Anurag Agarwal, director of the Institute of Genomics and Integrative Biology, told the health reporter Banjot Kaur of Down to Earth magazine. But India was seeing a decline in cases by then, he said. Here's his quote. We see hundreds of mutations every time we sequence. There was absolutely no reason to flag a variant or a mutation of unknown character in a declining phase of an outbreak, end quote. Unless we try and stay one step ahead of the virus, we're always going to be playing catch-up. And unfortunately, I think that's exactly what's happening with genome sequencing in India. Thank you for listening. 
This episode was edited by Anand Krishnamurti. On the next episode, a new question.